as I am a survivor of that most catastrophic collision in history between two ocean liners, as I was immigrating to America with my grandparents. Your parents were already here, right? Yes. Give us some sense of what your life was like in Italy, where you were living, and how you came to the point of actually going on this journey. My life in Italy was quite idyllic in the, uh, at the foot of the Alps in a little village, living with my grandparents who had adopted me temporarily. Um, had my whole community there, a very small farming village of about 120 people at that time. But my mother wanted me to come to America. She hadn't seen me for eight years. So she kept writing letters, and uh, she gave us the ultimatum. I would either come alone by plane or I would come with my grandparents on the Andrea Doria. Well, I didn't want to come by plane because I thought it was too dangerous. Ironically, we came on the Andrea Doria, which sank. When did you actually write the story? I began survivor interviews in 2003. Started with a girlfriend who I found lived in the area. And then I published my first book, Alive on the Andrea Doria, The Greatest Sea Rescue in History, in 2006. Then I proceeded to write another book uh, called I Was Shipwrecked on the Andrea Doria to attract younger readers. And then that developed into becoming a screenwriter and then film producer of the same story, of course. This was supposed to be one of the safest, sturdiest, fastest. Well, it was a very foggy day on the Atlantic. We were going to arrive in New York the next morning. So we were, uh, my grandmother and I were celebrating in the social hall and there was music and we were dancing. And my grandfather had gone to bed uh, down below and uh, was in his cabin, of course, with his most prized possession, his briefcase with passport, and you can imagine all our most important documents. You must have been so excited. We were so excited to arrive to the new world. Every immigrant was. This was third class. We were basically all immigrants. Well, at least 90%, I'm sure. So then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we just felt this tremendous jolt that threw the ship on the right side in the air. It inclined to the left and didn't stay there. Went back to center, but then it went back to the right and it stayed at about a 20-degree incline initially. The boat was so well built that it actually stayed afloat for 11 hours after the accident. Part of the problem was that the lifeboats on one side were inoperable because it was listing, correct? That is very correct. Um, Naval architects had never imagined such an incline. So the lifeboats on the right side, the starboard side, were about 20 feet away from the hull. So they had to just be dropped into the ocean. Uh, On the port side, the left side, they wouldn't come off of their davits because of the, the severe incline. So they were just dangling there. They couldn't help us at all. You must have been terrified. My grandmother and I were sitting on the floor with others in prayer circles, and I think we were all praying for a merciful death because the ship was cracking underneath us. We could smell 
fumes from the uh, broken oil tanks. Um, we just kept saying uh, the Hail Mary with the last lines, and now at the hour of our death, amen. And then all of a sudden, a man came to the deck doors. He said, ships are here to rescue us. They're sending their lifeboats. We need to get you out. We thought, how are we going to get out? The ship is so inclined. We can't stand. Somehow we crawled. We made it out. We made it to the lower side of the ship where the lowest incline was. And there were two men. And they had ropes. And they helped me uh, by putting a rope around my waist and dangled me over the side of the ship in the middle of the night. It must have been three or four in the morning by then. And I was descending into a lifeboat that I could not see because it was under the listing ship. And I've, I was screaming and, and thinking, oh, my God, my grandparents and me, what, what's happening? I was just, just traumatized. And the captain played an amazing role. Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest reasons that I wrote the book that I did and made the film that I did, because he played it the biggest role in carrying out the greatest sea rescue in history. And yet he died a broken man of a broken heart. And that's what we tell in the film. Tell us about the premiere here in Detroit at the DFT. It's going to be on October the 6th, Thursday night. Tickets can be purchased at the DFT uh, website, D-I-A-D-F-T. We are so excited because we are going to have lifeboat number one fully restored, trailered in from New York City to Detroit to display. So we hope all the families will come out and see it on the 6th and the 7th. We're also going to have our director from Rome, Luca Guardabascio, here. And we have the privilege of having a local professional guitarist, Nick Cansano, who surprised me one day by sending me an original piece that he composed, Reflections of the Andrea Doria. 